Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Well, um, what I'm going to do today is we'll start with some scripture and we will refer to an article uh, that Howie Carr penned in the Boston Herald. Howie Carr is a uh, renowned talk show host in the um, New England area. And it was a basically a thank you to Donald Trump for everything he has done in the past four years. And um, then again, I will restate my views on Donald Trump as we have uh, closed at least this chapter on Donald Trump as far as his presidency is concerned. I, I know um, in past shows I have uh, displayed what some might uh term some bipolar type of uh, behavior, um, praising Donald Trump, uh, castigating Donald Trump. And to some, this may be a little odd. And I would contend that that way of looking at Donald Trump and every politician and every issue of the day is probably very healthy. Um, because as I've stated several times on this show, we are in a world where uh, if you're for Donald Trump, um, then you more or less have to overlook many of the uh, shortcomings of Donald Trump. And I don't think that's healthy. And if you're against Donald Trump in certain things, um, then somebody labels you a never Trumper and puts you in a box. And that is not healthy either. Um I have been called a never Trumper, even though I have uh, painstakingly, and I will continue to do so today, uh, chronicle the many good things that Donald Trump has done uh, for this country. Uh, so people who hear some criticisms about Donald Trump from me and label me a never Trumper or uh, call me whatever, they're just not thinking. And then there are other individuals that have no time for Donald Trump merely overlook many of the good things that he has done in the last four years. And, um, they hear me, uh, you know, calling Donald Trump out if you will. And then they find out I went to a Trump rally and, um, they fall on the floor. They go, what do you mean you went to a Trump rally? Did you use three masks? Did you, uh, down shots of Purell every five minutes with all those great unwashed out there? Oh my God, you went to a Trump rally and, and you didn't get COVID and you didn't die and you know all of this nonsense as well. So again, I think if we hunker down and get in our little camps of Fox News or Newsmax devotees or CNN or Huffington Post uh, people, I think we can um, oftentimes... Um, be muzzled or not state the obvious and our level of critical thinking diminishes when we are in an echo chamber, if you will. And, uh, so what I'll do is after I read some of Mr. Carr's article, I will, or maybe beforehand, um, I'll allude to a Denver post, um, article on Lauren Boebert. If you do not know who Lauren Boebert is, she, um, uh, a la Joe the plumber, um, gaining notoriety, uh, when he had a little dust up with president Obama 
when President Obama said, we're just trying to spread the wealth around and Joe the plumber, uh, an Ohio plumber, just a regular schlub, uh, took issue with that with the leader of the free world, which is pretty amazing. And uh, Joe the plumber went on to, uh, I think, try to, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, try to make a run for some political office. I think he was unsuccessful, but he gained a tremendous amount of traction uh, based on that little dust up. And uh, similarly, Lauren Boebert, um, a very attractive, uh, outspoken woman in Colorado, had a little dust up with, um, at the time, a presidential candidate, Beto O'Rourke, who um, was on a crusade to take away guns and um, pretty much shred the Second Amendment. And Miss Bobert um, said, hell no, you're not going to take away my guns. And then that kind of started um, a, uh, a movement and people, you know, encouraged her to run for Congress. She did. She won. And she was demonized um, big time. And um, I'm going to allude to this Denver Post article because uh, and I'll set it up in a moment. But the Denver Post, no conservative repository, um, strongly backed Mrs. Boebert's. Um, I don't know if it's Mrs. or Miss, so I'm sorry, um, Lauren, but um, strongly backed her opponent in her um, congressional race. But the reason I think I'm going to allude to this is the Denver Post, even though they don't have a lot in common with Lauren Boebert, ran to her defense when the usual suspects, the crazies, if you will, tried to attach her to this um, uh, capital siege a few weeks ago and unfairly started just slinging a bunch of crap And the Denver Post ran to her defense. And that's exactly what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. You know, when when a Democrat, a liberal, uh, whomever will stand up for somebody that they don't really have too much in common with, then we're doing something. We're promoting free speech. The more free speech we have, the better the shouting down of individuals either on the left or the right is not a good thing for our democracy or our representative republic more accurately. It is not um, because what it does is it blunts thought and people um, get in one camp or another and they do not think anymore. And that is dangerous even if you are on the left or the right. So um, let me start with some scripture. Psalm 9.9. In these troubled times that we find ourselves in, uh, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. These are certainly times of trouble in the world and in the United States of America. Um, The Lord is our refuge, and we need to remember that. Uh, Psalm 18.2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. 
Donald Trump should not be your stronghold. Joe Biden should not be your stronghold. Um, your husband, your wife, uh, we are all men and women and we are sinful and there is only one God and uh, his son, Jesus Christ, came to die for us. And this is where we have to put our faith, our trust. And this is who we have to listen to during times of uh, tumult uh, that we find ourselves in. We can't, Fox News cannot be our God. Newsmax cannot be our God. CNN cannot be our God. Excuse me, a little Wawa coffee there. Um, we will conclude the scripture reading here with one of my favorites, Mark 440. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? A lot of you, particularly on the right, have lost faith. Um, Donald Trump and many others have uh, sounded the trumpets several months ago that this election process was going to be corrupt and it was corrupt on 20 different levels. And first and foremost, before anything, our representatives uh, in um, here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania in Harrisburg and, um, and also our representatives in Washington have to clean up this um, mess uh, of an election process, either locally, uh, regionally, statewide, or uh, on the federal level, all of the above, because it does not really matter, as I've stated before, if we um, of sound mind and conservative thought have um, uh, are, are 80% of, of the populace and 20% are people that are not, it doesn't matter. If elections are not free, open, and honest, bad things will happen. And in, in an election where Donald Trump, in my humble opinion, was at least the victor by five to six percentage points and an electoral college landslide, if, if an election can be manipulated to the point where he can lose, how much easier is it for um, people to manipulate an election uh, from dog catcher all the way up that is 51 to 49 or 50 50 as you as you saw down in atlanta or excuse me in uh, georgia with the two senatorial runoffs um, if you can perpetrate fraud corruption um, et cetera et cetera et cetera and swing an election one way or another if there's really no way that the Democrat could have won, you can do it with ease when you're in a um, municipality, jurisdiction, whatever, where it's close. So first and foremost, we have to clean up our election uh, process. And that has to be done from day one and every single day for the next two to four years. Um, but if we look at that, we look at how corrupt that is. We look at, at least at the federal level, where there's a Democrat president, a Democrat Senate, essentially, Democrat uh, House of Representatives, um, a court where the um, Chief Justice um, goes whichever way the wind blows. Um, 
it's still basically five to four on a lot of decisions. Um, we have czars appointed here and there and everywhere. We have people in the Department of Justice and many cabinet positions that are flaming leftists. How in the world are we not supposed to be afraid? Uh, it, would it be quite logical to be afraid if you're a conservative or if you're a lover of this country or liberty or freedom? Of course it would be. Um, but if you are, as I have termed before, a faith-based voter, someone that looks at the issues of the day through a Christian lens, then you should have faith. And this verse, Mark 440, is certainly a rhetorical question. All questions by Jesus Christ are rhetorical. He knows the answer to those, but he posits a rhetorical question to his disciples or statement, I, I would say, why are you so afraid? Do you still have faith? And this is simply a reference to, and I'm paraphrasing wildly here, but hey guys, you have been with me uh, for a long time. You have seen miracles beyond comprehension. You have seen dead people raised, uh, people healed, impossible situations made possible by me, the God-man, Jesus Christ. And now you're posed with another scary situation, uh, the waves uh, in the sea ready to swallow up the disciples. And Jesus asked the rhetorical question, why are you so afraid? Now, Jesus knows all. He is God. He knows why they're afraid. They're men. They are scared. But he basically wants them to man up. And he wants them to recall what they have seen with their eyeballs historically. And basically it is, hey, I got this. Jesus is in control. He is sovereign over all of this. There is not one amount of cheating that has been done in the city of Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Las Vegas, Atlanta, um, Detroit, Michigan, that Jesus Christ is not aware of. Why he has allowed it, why he has allowed, allowed Joe Biden to be president, why the this chapter, at least on Donald Trump, has been closed, I have no idea. But I have to, because I've walked with the Lord for 35, 36 years, um, I have to, when I get panicked and when I get afraid, like when you're afraid, we have to look at our rock, our fortress, our God. We have to recall the times personally and in the, the, the history of our country where things oddly enough, were a lot worse than they are now. And God came through and he will come through again. So we have to rely on that. We have to recall that. And does that make it um, of no concern at all when, as predicted, and you didn't really have to be any great shakes to predict it, um, Joe Biden is... Uh, sparks are flying off his pen, uh, issuing executive orders. And uh, we have an article that chronicles that, you know, that this executive orders are um, constitutional 
And um, even though we do not have a king, and I don't think it is all that conservative to um, preside, if you will, um, in in a, in a in a manner that you rely heavily on executive orders because we do not have a king. They are constitutional, um, but and all presidents have done them. But Barack Obama took it to a new level, um, and uh, Donald Trump took it to a new level after Barack Obama. And now the pendulum is just uh, going crazy the other way. And Joe Biden is, as was predicted, um, just erasing all of many of the victories or or edicts, if you will, that Donald Trump declared when he was in office. That's why I have said on this show several times, if you live by the executive order, you die by the executive order. Um, that's why you have to have a personality uh, and, and have some degree of political savvy to get along with reasonable people on the other side of the aisle. This is not reach across the aisle crap which always translates to Republicans um, easing their principles and Democrats not easing theirs at all or compromising at all. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about finding Democrats or moderate Republicans that are of sound mind and that you can work with on one piece of legislation or another. A good example of that is Obamacare. Um, you know, Obamacare, even though it's on life support, excuse the pun, um, is, is certainly still around. And why is it still around? Because it was a legislative victory. How that legislative victory was executed is of grave concern to me. But that's beside the point for the purposes of my illustration here. Obamacare is still around. Um, many of the really, really good things that Donald Trump uh, said in a stump speech and followed through with an executive order have already been evaporated and and Joe Biden has been president for about five minutes. So if you live by the executive order, you die by the executive order. So um, on to this article um, in the Denver Post, uh, and this is this is what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. When when you think that I'm just all over the board excoriating Donald Trump for this or that, and then praising him the next show for this and that. That's a good thing. When somebody is out of line, and at least I feel that I'm steeped in the word of God, and I look at the issues through um, a Christian lens, you got to call that person out. Because if you look the other way, that gives that person, either Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Fox News or the Huffington Post, it gives that person or that entity license to kind of make it up as they go along or say whatever they need to say because they know they have a solid base of, um, to use the often uh, referred to mind numb robot to follow that person or that entity. And that is dangerous, ladies and gentlemen, that is dangerous. So, this article kind of encapsulates how I think, and um, I would encourage you to think this way as well. And let me just lay it out for you. The Denver Post, as I said earlier in the monologue, is is a liberal entity. Um, 
I think it's kind of crazy, and I've, I've thought this for 30, 40 years. Why do newspapers endorse anybody? Uh, if, if they're supposed to be objective, why in the world would they be endorsing anybody, even on their editorial page or their opinion page? It's It seems to me uh, oxymoronic, but they do it. Um, Denver Post, liberal entity, Colorado, clearly a... Um, a blue state, but it wasn't that long ago that it was a red state. And uh, the times have been changing. They've been changing quickly. Demographics in this country are changing at warp speed. However, Colorado is a very interesting animal. You have Denver, you have the legalization of marijuana and all of the really terrible pitfalls that are uh, associated with that. Have to do a whole show on that sometime. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Boulder is just a very liberal entity. However, you don't have to travel too far to get into the um, the uh, the backwoods and the mountains and the valleys um, of Colorado to find a very hearty lot of gun-toting, Bible-thumping, conservative principle people that are into freedom and liberty. Um, so you have a, a pretty healthy yin and yang. And, and this is not just the, you know, cities in all states are Democrat and the, the rural areas are Republican. It's a little bit more um, uh, intense than that when you go to Colorado, because the stakes are very high. You have people that are intensely liberal, um, not classically liberal, but modern day liberal. And people that are are very staunchly conservative, pro God, pro guns, and um, and they they got to peacefully exist. So enter Lauren Boebert, um, as I said before, told Beto O'Rourke, uh, "Hell no, you're not going to take my gun," and she kind of got some traction, some popularity. When I look at her picture, she kind of reminds me of Sarah Palin, and she probably should have a little coffee meeting with Sarah Palin to t to ask her what she's in store for. Because if you are an attractive, common sense Republican or conservative, um, you're, there's a big target on you and um, people don't like you for that. Uh, I don't think people should make decisions about other people based on their appearance, but um, people do it. And um, I, I know for a fact she is hated because she's an attractive woman and she's hated even more because she's a conservative woman. So the interesting thing here is once this, um, whatever you want to call it, siege on um, the Capitol happened a few weeks ago, um, emotions were higher than the Empire State Building. People were doing extra constitutional, unconstitutional things such as um, uh, charging Donald Trump with insurrection uh, and um, an incitement of rioting. And, and if they weren't really content with Donald Trump being the only one because, you know, he's gone. However, there, there are people that are coming to Washington right now. She was just um, sworn in days ago. And, um, so anybody that the left could paint with this um, insurrection brush or you're inciting 
craziness or you're um, a militia loving anarchist on the right, um, they have attempted to do it. So what they did do is they went out and and tried to do this with Lauren Boebert. And uh, let me just read to you from the article. And um, at least today in this snapshot in time, I'm someone that is going to say kudos to the Denver Post for um, sticking up for Lauren Boebert, a politician that they do not agree with, and they have out and out endorsed her opponent, and they don't have a lot of great things to say about Lauren Boebert. But the point I'm trying to make here is when they saw wrong, when they saw demagoguery, when they saw an entity just kind of make it up as they go along and try to tar and feather an innocent woman that has been in Washington all of five minutes, they said, no, that's wrong. And I think we need a lot more of that when people on the left act crazy. We got to say, that's it. That's crazy. That's not right. And if someone on the right holding a Bible um, using Jesus to get elected at whatever level, dog catcher all the way up to wherever, um, if if they are conducting themselves in a non-Christ-like, un-Christ-like manner, if they are using Christ for political advantage, we have to call them out on that. And kudos to the Denver Post for defending someone that they really don't agree with. So the article is entitled Denver Post Editorial Board um, Defends Bobert Against Blatantly Sexist, excuse me, Sexist and Elitist Attacks. The Denver Post Editorial Board is defending Representative Lauren Bobert against blatantly sexist and elitist attacks amid the unsubstantiated claims that members of a U.S. Capitol tour she hosted rioted at the complex days later. The board, which endorsed Boebert's opponent, said it could not sit idly by without condemning the sexist and elitist criticisms against the first-term Republican as allegations that she or her family contributed to the deadly riot circulate on social media. The editors write, it is unprofessional to call her a bimbo or use other terms reserved only for women with power and referencing her education in a demeaning manner. Um, This will only alienate the millions of Americans who have not gone to college or graduated from high school. Let's stop right there. Um, They did the same thing to Sarah Palin, even though she, um, I presume, graduated from high school and did graduate from college. She was not from the right college. I believe it was the um, University of Idaho, which if you are a Harvard graduate, you really don't have a lot of time for anyone from Idaho in general, but certainly someone that graduated from the University of Idaho. So Mrs. Bobert is only um, guilty of having common sense. I believe she has a, a GED diploma, never graduated from high school, certainly did not go to college. But um, in the elitist world of the left, that's enough to publicly, not just in, in your wine and cheese parties, to publicly assail someone, um, assail their intellect, assail their judgment, um, 
and and let me state some some statistics for our elitist friends that engage in this. Um, for years, I would stump people at cocktail parties asking them, this was way before smartphones and Google and this and that and the other, by asking them how many, uh, gra- uh, how many, what percentage of the American populace, the adult populace, has a four-year degree, a bachelor's of anything. Um, for years, when when I would quote that statistic, people would just not believe it. And they had to go through some gymnastics to to find that statistic. And I was proven right for, for several years when I went to college in the um, early 80s. It was 20% of the populace had a four-year degree. That means 80% of the populace did not have a bachelor's degree, an advanced education, if you will. Um, you would think today with all of the online this and that and accreditations for just about any entity out there, you would think that that would be markedly higher. And it is not. Um, some 40 years later, it's about 30%. And you can Google that or, or look into that if you will. But th- But that still means that there is a whopping 70% of our populace that does not have a four-year degree, a college degree. Many of the people listening to my voice right now who are far more intelligent than I will ever be for one reason or another, and probably a hundred reasons, do not have a four-year college degree. And our friends on the left feel that that's enough to attack Lauren Boebert. Um, the article goes on to say the board dismisses the allegations, saying there is no evidence that Bobert held tours for would-be insurgents, or that her mother was in the mob of former President Trump's supporters who stormed the Capitol as the Congress was certifying now President Biden's electoral college um, victory. Bobert deserves to be judged on the merit of her ideas on her actions and on her words, which are damning enough, their words, not mine, without her critics fabricating tours or circulating grainy photos of protesters next to photos of her mother, the editors wrote. That's as bad as the Antifa-led insurrection conspiracies, um, which were not conspiracies at all. Antifa did lead uh, many... um, very violent, dangerous riot. So I, I'm not in total agreement with the Denver Post here. But again, I take my hat off to them because they checked their politics at the door and they saw that someone was being demonized and um, they stood up for her, which in this day and age is absolutely a rare thing and we should see more of it. The staff editorial also labeled Representative Steve Cohen, a Democrat from Tennessee, his claims that Boebert gave a tour in the days before the riots as intentionally misleading, saying it led to accusations of sedition and treason on the very thinnest of evidence. Cohen's office did not immediately return a request for comment on the editorial board's criticism. 
The board noted that it has called for an investigation into Boebert's potential role in the riot, saying she should be held accountable for the misleading way she talked about the election. Um, that, that's called free speech. But it added that the fact that Boebert is getting a taste of her own medicine, unsubstantiated claims spreading like wildfire on social media, does not make it right. Let's park on that statement right there. And let's look at human nature. The editorial board rightly says that these are unsubstantiated claims. And um, they also say that many people feel she is getting a taste of her own medicine. So the implication there is the board thinks that Bobert has said some things that are not factually accurate. Now she's getting blowback from people that are fomenting um, uh, discord and and saying uh, inaccurate things that uh, slam Mrs. Bobert. And they say um, that this is not right. And they are correct. It, it is not right. However, let's park on that and, and let's talk to our friends on the right who love Donald Trump. Um, there are countless times when Barack Obama and many people with D's next to their name, like Barack Obama, have conducted themselves in a manner very, very similar to Donald Trump as far as uh, leadership, as far as uh, executive orders, as far as many of the things he said. To simply overlook that because a person has an R next to their name is just as bad as people overlooking facts on Lauren Boebert because she is of an opposite party. So uh, to paraphrase that, you know, it's not cool to look the other way when your guy does it and then smile and dance on the uh, on the skull of a Democrat who conducts themselves the same way. You can't cry foul when a Democrat does something wrong if you're on the right and then be pin drop silent when your guy or your gal does the same thing. That's called uh, blatant partisanship. And that, to its nth degree, ends up with the emperor has um, a great set of new clothes type of scenario that we do not want in this country. And as I've said many, many times, there are there are countless people on both sides of the aisle that this is just words to them that that statement that the Denver Post editorial board has um, has um, put out there this they're just words and in two seconds once they've digested those words and it goes in one ear and out the other you can make book on the fact that when your guy does it it's okay. And when you're um, the people that you oppose do it, you will fight them tooth and nail or and, and, and that's just not right. And if we have that attitude, then there will continue to be a ever dwindling sliver of people that call it like it is. Um, the article continues, but it added that the fact that Bobert, okay, we got that. The post staff editorial noted, that her history of minor arrests and her GED education should not be used as a trope 
or to fuel derision as Colorado voters were aware of these things when they elected her. And they were, and they didn't care. Um, and, and perhaps, and I think it's probably likely, the fact that she has a GED and nothing greater than that was attractive to a lot of people. Um, kind of means she didn't go to college and get poisoned like a lot of uh, young people do today. So far, there's not much we agree with Bobert on, says the Denver Post, but she is right that there is no evidence she gave tours to insurrectionists to assist them with a capital attack and the personal attacks she faces on social media are disgusting, the board concluded. Um, I'm going to stop it right there. That That is absolutely commendable. Will the Denver Post you know, um, put forth an editorial that's crazy tomorrow? Will they endorse a candidate that has nothing to do with the word of God, which as a evangelical voter or faith-based voter in the state of Colorado, should you be offended by that? Yeah. But at least today in this snapshot in time, the Denver Post is conducting themselves in a way that I'd like to conduct myself and I have no great shakes on right or wrong or morality as, as, as much as anybody else does. But this is what I'm advising you to do. Um, when you see issues come down the pike, don't look at them through the eyes of a Democrat or Republican. Look at them through the eyes of a Christian first and foremost if you are a Christian, if you're not a Christian, um, whatever your rule book happens to be, whatever religion, whatever your moral compass happens to be, at least filter your decisions uh, through that. And that, that's how you should act in, in every walk of life, not just in the realm of politics. So we move on to the article. Um, about Howie Carr, as I said before, Howie Carr is a uh, talk show host in New England, been doing it for many years, conservative. He happens to be a very, uh, very loyal Donald Trump fan. And um, he happened to list in an article a few days ago um, entitled, Thanks for Everything, President Trump, many of the things that Donald Trump has done. And, you know, I, I, I'll do a lot of this off the top of my head, um, but you can rest assured many of the things on here that are really, really good things. And yes, I said it, I'm not an ever Trumper, um, have already uh, by the airing of this show been vaporized, obliterated by the stroke of a pen by Joe Biden because of um, executive orders and they are they are problematic and uh, we do not have a king. Uh, they're good when our guy or gal is in and they're really bad when our guy or gal is not in and that's not the way it should be. So the article starts by saying, thank you, President Trump, for everything you've done. It shouldn't be ending this way. But I and 74 million other Americans just want to thank you for all your efforts on our behalf over the past four years. 
actually since you came down the escalator at Trump Tower back in 2015. And um, I will interject my uh, thoughts, beliefs, feelings um, uh, from time to time throughout this article. I, too, thank Mr. um, Mr. Trump for many, many, many of the things he has done, um, not only for this country, but for opening the eyes of many, many individuals who heretofore really just kind of went to work and went home and did their thing and got up and did it again the next day. And um, if anything, and he has accomplished many things, he has uh, awoken a spirit, if you will, a desire, if you will, on the part of many individuals out there that weren't in the political process heretofore, and he has gotten them to pay attention and to think. And this is what one of my major objectives is on this show, is to encourage people to think. So um, Donald Trump, to one degree or another, has um, has awoken many um, individuals uh, who were not so inclined to pay attention, perhaps as closely as they should. Mr. Carr says these um, thanks are in no particular order. The first one, thank you for restoring the United States as the world's leading producer of energy after your predecessor sternly lectured us that we couldn't drill our way out of our dependence on unstable Middle Eastern oil providers. Again, back to the old executive order. Um, As quickly as it takes you or I to thank Donald Trump profusely for being a very huge proponent of uh, fracking and developing uh, the ability to um, to make our own energy in this country. Um, and as we rocketed to the number one uh, energy producer in the world, um, taking full advantage of the oil that is underneath our uh, land here in America, as quickly as it took me to say that, Joe Biden has already um, vowed to... Um, not honor any agreements that um, Donald Trump has made with Canada as far as the Keystone Pipeline is concerned. And Canada has stopped at, at the uh, at the time of this broadcast, stopped any production um, on, on the Keystone Pipeline because they know it's going to come crashing down and it's not going to... Uh, it's not going to continue. So right then and there, with a, with a stroke of a pen... Joe Biden has again made us susceptible um, or at the mercy, if you will, eventually with uh, two Middle Eastern entities that are very hostile toward the United States of America. And just as um, it was foolish of uh, Barack Obama saying, we're not going to... um, Uh, drill our way out of independence, it is equally foolish for folks like Barack Obama or Joe Biden or anyone on the left to say we are going to wind our way or we are going to solar our way away from dependence on the Middle East. Um, That statement is, is absolutely outlandish. And I hope we will not see the ramifications of that Uh, sooner rather than later, but I fear that we will. Next 
statement, thank you for the tax cuts for the middle class. That is a classic yin and yang between conservatives and Democrats or Republicans and Democrats for years. That is never going to change. Um, that is a demagogable uh, uh, issue. Uh, when you talk tax cuts, Democrats press a button on their arm and say these are tax cuts for the rich. Republicans press a button on their arm and say trickle-down economics as Ronald Reagan articulated them um, is is a reality. Um, and we really don't have to go too far. And this article does chronicle this. Um, the, um, the tax benefits and breaks and economic boom uh, pre-COVID that the tax cuts that Donald Trump was very, very um, in favor of uh, what they yielded. So um, that is that is a valid statement. And, and we do and we should thank Donald Trump for his view on taxes. Thank you for destroying genocidal ISIS, which your predecessor called the junior varsity. Again, this is classic, um, although Donald Trump could never be put in the category of a hawk. And when he touted his accomplishments as he left, he uh, definitely um, touted the fact that he did not get us in any foreign wars, which is a lot more than many Republicans could say over the last 50 years. Um, but having said that, uh, looking at ISIS as a legitimate threat and uh, squelching them um, to whatever extent he could be responsible for that is something that is def definitely a good thing. And Barack Obama's comment that they were the junior varsity is, again, classically Democrat, where um, they don't pay a lot of attention to, um, at the time that he said that, ISIS was not... Um, uh, at least to the level that they uh, rose to. So I will, I will cut Barack Obama some slack, but not being aware of those things and not being too concerned with um, foreign aggressors uh, is something that Democrats really do have a problem with. And Donald Trump did take ISIS very seriously. Thanks for shutting off the endless flow of illegal immigrants at the southern border and the unending supply of MS-13 gangbangers, among other criminals, as well as the welfare-dependent illiterate indigents who were so destabilizing American society before you became president. Um, Mr. Carr could probably do without um, the monikers illiterate indigents um, and just say some other things that would get his point across. Uh, but again, it's like a broken record here. We go back to executive orders in the four and a half minutes that um, Joe Biden has been president. He has put a halt on the uh, construction and the billions of dollars that are flowing to the southern border to create a wall. Now, I, I don't think he's going to be so... Um, anti-Trump or crazy to take a wrecking ball to the hundreds of miles that um, have already been erected and that we should thank Donald Trump profusely for advocating for. I don't think he's going to do that. But again, with a stroke of a pen, 
he has halted any production on um, the border wall down south. So, and also uh, saw an article this morning, um, the travel ban on um, seven Muslim nations uh, has been lifted. And uh, again, the, these things are, are have not been debated in Congress. They have just, Joe Biden has declared them, just like Donald Trump declared many things. So um, this seesaw is going up and down and back and forth, and, and we do have quite a bit of tumult going on, and this is why we need God and, and to keep our eyes gazed on God to stabilize our emotions and stabilize our country. It goes on to say, thank you for calling out the endless hypocrisy of the media, what you so aptly described as very fake news. I would think, as I'm running out of time here, I would think um, the fake news and the exposing of the media for the uh, liars that they have been for years and continue to be, many of them, um, was probably one of Donald Trump's greatest accomplishments. Um, I think, and I am not a big fan of uh, this country's going to get back where it needs to if we pack the courts with conservatives or strict constructionists. Does that help? Yes, it does. But um, if Congress did their job, if the president did his or her job and, and didn't legislate, then we wouldn't have to rely on the Supreme Court quite as much as perhaps we do. But uh, having said that, personal opinion, I, I do think Donald Trump's um, appointments uh, uh, to the uh, Supreme Court were stellar. And I think that it will, uh, for many years to come, have some degree of stabilization or a stabilizing um, uh, effect on a country that's going through a heck of a lot of changes, but probably a very close second to his um, judicial nominees would be um, his exposure of the media. Um, and, and there were just countless times where he said something, they said something, eventually he was proven correct that they were lying, misleading, misrepresenting. And it, it literally happened every week and then sometimes every day. And and this is something that love him or hate him, it, it got people's wheels turning who may not necessarily be Republican or conservative, but people at least started like looking into this thing. Like, what is this guy saying? Fake news. Why why does he hate CNN so much? And I and I think a thinking person regardless of their views of Donald Trump would, would have to let curiosity take over and at least investigate a little bit and say, well, you know, CNN said this, Donald Trump said that. And a week later, Donald Trump said he was proven correct. Let me try to figure that out multiplied by, I don't know, 10 news stories, 20 news stories. And it, at least it got people thinking. And I know it got people thinking because more and more people started watching um, alternative media, um, whoever you want to call alternative media, podcasts, uh, broadcasts, and, and the consumption of one podcast or another uh, exploded during the last four years. Um, Fox up until... Um, 
a while back uh, where it was gaining viewership. Newsmax, who was absolutely nothing, uh, has really gained a lot of viewers. So I think Donald Trump has done us all a favor, at least encouraging us to think about the news entities that are spoon feeding us what they want to. And, um, and I think that's a good thing as we are winding it down here. Um, thank you for promoting economic policies that led to the lowest unemployment rates ever for blacks, Hispanics, Asians, native Americans, and women among others. This is a factoid that cannot be disputed. And again, we, we have a little asterisk next to this. Everything is pre COVID, but for the first, you know, three years of, of his administration, this economy was cruising like a juggernaut. Unemployment was at 3.5%. That's, that's staggeringly low. But in these subcategories that Mr. Carr alludes to, that is absolutely um, not up for debate. Those are actual numbers. They are real numbers. And even if you're not a numbers person, um, if you are black, Hispanic, female, a teenager, um, you have realized that under Donald Trump, um, employment and economic activity in this country rose to levels are, uh, that, that heretofore had not been realized. And that is a direct result of Donald Trump and his policies. And that, that can't be denied. So love Donald Trump or hate him. You have to, um, you have to give him pats on the back for that. Um, probably wind it with this one. Um, thank you for doing more to promote peace in the Middle East than all of your predecessors combined. Now, again, if you are a born again, Christian, a faith-based voter, if you believe this country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, um, the lip service that Republicans and Democrat presidents heretofore have given to Israel and um, and the support or the lack thereof of Israel has been something that has been uh, political, if you will. Donald Trump actually put his money where his mouth was and says, um, you know, my predecessors have said that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, and um, I am going to push for that to happen. And he did. And it was declared that. And all of the perceived uh, or the, uh, the, the backlash that everybody thought was coming from the other Middle Eastern entities that were offended by that or could be offended by that simply did not come. And the opposite of that happened. We we did get coalitions of uh, Islamic nations that were actually uh, recognizing of, of who Donald Trump is and was and and his views on the Middle East and Israel, and and so all this craziness that was purported to happen if we if um, we supported a move. Um, to Jerusalem as the capital, or a recognition, if you will, they just did not happen. So Mr. Carr is correct that um, he has done much more to promote um, peace in the Middle East and uh, exhibit that he is a friend of Israel uh, than any other president in history. And for that, we do have to uh, commend 
Donald Trump. Uh, there are countless other things in this article, and uh, we will have to leave them for another show at another time. Godspeed, Mr. Trump. Um, we don't know where or how or what you're going to be into in the next four years, but stay tuned. I don't think Donald Trump is going to uh, go off into that good night. And But um, Godspeed, and we'll see what happens. Until next week, this is Reshaping America. Have a great day.